This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, it's the weekend edition. It's Saturday, the 4th of March, 2023. I'm here, Sean's here, and today we're going to talk about employment and an idea I've had. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. Happy weekend. Happy weekend to you, sir. How are you? I'm all right. I have to say that the two themes there are separate. Employment and an idea I've had. You know, hmm. they are separate things. I'm not well, suggesting I, I should ever put myself second. to work in any no, no. way. I thought I was about to get fired live on air. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Stay yeah. tuned, you never Lack know. Lack of employment for Sean. Uh, <laughs> big news coming soon. Um, no, I've, I've got an idea. I've, ha- I've been, you know what? It, it, this has come out of all of the conversations we've had over the past week and actually beyond that about inaccessible apps, inaccessible websites. And I thought it's maybe time to mm. put my, I'd say money where my mouth is, but more my effort where my mouth is. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Does that make sense? Not really. Anyway, um, <laughs> The point I don't is, have to say a word. You just keep talking. Yeah, it's exactly. Great. I'll just work my way into this mess and then try and reverse my way out of it. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, we talk a lot about inaccessible apps and websites. And I think what would be cool would be for us to get together properly, like you and I and, and everyone who's listening. And let's actually show what's good and what's bad. Not all the bad, not all the good either, but just a mix of what's good and bad. So if there's an app you use and you really love it, then you know what? Why don't you record a demo of using it and show us how it works? Now, some of you have done that already. We've had demonstrations of apps before, people sending them in. Well, let's do that, but we'll do the same. So I'm thinking right off the bat, I was reading this in an article today, which kind of made me think this would be a good idea. This is from the, and I'm not kidding when I say this, the Hindustan Times, a a newspaper I own never without. Um, But in their technology section... Uh, and this was the headline, WhatsApp, highly accessible for people with disabilities. Wow. So okay, was I like app, it. Yeah, this was an app, which apparently in India, this is a very popular app. No surprise, it's very popular around the world as well. Uh, but WhatsApp has been ranked India's most accessible app for people with disabilities, according to a report titled Making the Digital Ecosystem Disabled Friendly. And this evaluated apps across categories like uh, messaging, online payments, transport, e-commerce, and food delivery. Now, some of the apps in there are very country-specific. They're very India-specific, so not apps we'd use around the world, although I think uh, Uber was in there. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple of food apps as well we may know of. Telegram was in there. Amazon. So, you know, it's interesting that they talk about most accessible, and I'm always intrigued by what that means. So it says here in this article, WhatsApp Emerged is the only app that rated as highly accessible based on the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. That's the WCAG guidelines, which serve Mm. as what's called the global benchmark for determining if and to what extent a website is disabled-friendly. So you read that and you think, oh, that's great. So WhatsApp's really accessible then. That's cool. And then I think to myself, okay, (laughs) but what does that mean in reality? And I think that's where we come in. So I think this is where we need to do demos. And we need to show how these apps work and show where the failures are and show where the good things are. And I'm not out to look for problems, okay? If an app is good, an app is good. Um, that's brilliant. But I think there's a lot of people out there who probably avoid apps. I do this sometimes. I avoid an app or I avoid a website or I avoid an application because I think to myself, 
oh, that's just not going to be accessible. Am I really am I really going to put time and effort into this? I mean, I, I had an article the other day I read, which was like five tools for the Mac that make your life easier. And I <laughs> yes. read through them all yes. and I, I downloaded one or two and I tried them out. And all I was getting was window, window, you know, yeah. nothing basically. It was just yeah. it was an inaccessible box. And, you know, VOCR was good, but that's not practical for everything. And I thought, this is the problem. You know, there's lots and lots of articles out there that say, hey, there are lots of great tools for Windows, for Mac, for Android, for iPhone, whatever it is. But actually, how useful are they? There's accessibility, and then there's, say it with me, usability. Usability, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, you know, we want to get to the stage where that's not always our first question, isn't it? Mm. Is it going to be accessible? We, We just want, you know, I sort of get to the point with the iPhone that I'm expecting things to be accessible. If I download an app, I'm expecting it within reason to be yeah. accessible. Um, and I want to get to that position in other places. That's not to say the iPhone is perfect. Obviously, we're not saying that. But yeah, exactly the same thing, particularly on the computer side, on your, your home computer side. You, I've gone through those lists as well, the top five whatever apps, You know, the app for doing whatever. And you go through and you just think, is it, I, you know, sometimes you don't even bother to download it because you just assume mm-hmm. it's going to be inaccessible because of your previous experience. But yeah, no, I'm all for that. That's a, that's a good idea. And as you said, we're not just going to focus on the bad ones, right? On the bad points. Also the good ones, the good points out there, the examples of when it's done really well. And not just iPhone either. Look, I mean, we're not trying to take over Apple Viz. You know, that's not what this is about. It's about saying, look, there's other options out there. There's Windows, there's iPhone, there's Android, there's there's Mac. There's lots of different places. Yep. Hey, on the Chromebook, you can download and run apps. How accessible are they? So I think every week we're going to take one application or one program or maybe even one product, and we're going to really run through it. We're going to run through it properly, take mm-hmm. our time to go through it. So we'll dedicate probably a show to it, or maybe we'll even do it over two shows, depending on what we get. But I think, you know, first up next week... I want to get into WhatsApp on the PC and show people how this works, just natively without any extra scripts or anything else, because I think WhatsApp for us has been the one that's really been kind of like, wow, let's let's use this. This is actually pretty cool. And and what I might do is do a a side-by-side with you. So maybe you go on the WhatsApp with the PC and I'll go on with the Mac and we'll see what the experiences are between the two. That's just what I was going to point out. That's a really interesting example, right? Because there are different experiences depending on the platform you're on. Yeah. And so, it's and not we will a do all this universal thing. We'll do this the way we always do it because, look, this is not a show. We're not an instruction manual, okay? So that's not what we're here to do. And I don't want to become that kind of show. There are plenty of podcasts out there that are far more educational and they will talk you through step-by-step guides on things. That's not really what we're about here. That's not what this is intending. What this is about is showing you, like any product, you know, here's what it is, here's what it does. You know, if you are interested in it, go and try it for yourself. And maybe you'll find flaws that we don't. Equally, you might find something that works better than we found it, you know, we were yeah, able to use right. it. So that's... May, we may get educated. Hey, exactly. you know, there's that's a word for this. Or, yeah. And that's, that's what we've done with this show. You know, I think a lot of people expected us to... Because we've done this show in different formats over the years, I think a lot of people think we're, we're going back to that. But, you know, bear in mind the the, the first iteration of, of you and I doing this show was, you know, on a, on a for a charity, you know, and, and it, that charity was a radio station, yes, but it required a different kind of show. Whereas here, you know, I like to think people get a laugh. I mean, you know, there's no guarantees well, in that. 
Yeah, um, intentional or not, yeah. I'm humor sure is not guaranteed. <laughs> I am legally obliged to say that. Yes. But I do think we should we should do and And what I mean by that is we'll go through these things, but we're going to do them live. Okay, so I'm going to do these demos live, which shocks Sean. Wow. <sighs> There's the humor Sean. right there. Yeah. Yes, okay. It's just going to say, all you're going to hear is a lot of, oh, ca- oh, oh really? What? Oh, come on, really? <laughs> or I can't hear anything. No, no, the audio's not coming through. Yes, Shut up, Sean. Yeah, all that <sighs> kind of stuff. It's going to be great. Yes, it'll be fine. No, I, honestly, I think that's a good idea because, you know, I, I made the joke almost at the start of the year about Adobe Audition and, yep. you know, I'm going to I'm gonna start uh, almost petitioning that it should be accessible. But you know what? This is a, a great way to go. And, and as, as we say, keep it open, right? It's not about what platform it's on. It, it uh, Maybe even websites. If there's a particularly good website out there you think does something really well, you know, yeah. then highlight that. Fantastic. If there's one out there that's particularly awful, let's highlight that as well. I kind of started building a list in my mind. And, you know, it's funny because, like you say about Adobe, again, it's that thing of, you know, we talk about Adobe not being accessible. I was going to tweet the other day because I saw someone tweeting out an article from Adobe talking about their commitment to disability and, and, you know, and commitment to employing disabled people. And that's all brilliant and wonderful. And I really wanted to just do a quote tweet and say, yeah, well, you could do it. Maybe start with making your programs accessible. And then I thought, if I write that, I'm no better than the people who just complain. It's not accessible. But what does that mean? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because I'm, I'm saying this. You know what? I haven't looked at Audition in a, the longest time. I'm just going off what I've been told here. So I want to actually get hold of it and I want to go through it and, and know what I'm complaining about. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's almost like those people that complain about movies or TV shows that they've never seen. You know, you've got no leg to stand on. So, uh, I do. yeah, no, I agree. Star Wars is terrible. Just get over it. <sighs> Watch it and find out. I did. I watched one of them. I watched one. There was something about Pedal Bin talking to a robot. No. And, and, and then, no. I don't know, something about they were playing with light tubes. Right. And that's it. It was just, Get it out. was all ridiculous. Get out. This is ruined. It was just nonsense. Okay. Well done. Have you seen Jaws yet? I, I, I've seen, I've heard Jaws. I mean, it's a fantastic screen reader. Oh, well um, done. Oh, that was good. I walked straight into that one. But oh, like no, a lamppost. The, the, the well movie, <laughs> the movie, no. I, I think I, I remember a bit where the, the mechanical shark, am I supposed to say that? There was a mechanical shark in it. Oh, God, did, I, did I spoil it? Uh, oh, yeah, because it's, you know, because no one's seen it by now, of course. It's only been out over You haven't seen years. Star Wars. That came out 50, 60 years oh, ago. What's the matter bothered. with you? Can't be bothered. Okay, let's move on. But, but no, no I think a, this, this, this could be good. And I think it would be just, yeah. and I, this, again, it's not about us either. So if you've got an idea or an application, and you, even if you want to just record something, maybe you're not that confident in recording. You know, what I would say to you is if you can get on your, if you're using a smartphone, for example, just go into voice memos, hit record, and, you know, just let, and just make sure you don't have any headphones in, and voiceover will pick up on the recording. So you can just, you know, just, Use your phone as you would, and it's recording all the audio in the background. Uh, you could do screen recording as well. That's another way of doing that, it. That works really well. I've, I've definitely, and it's really accessible. So if you haven't looked at screen recording, check that out. It should be in your control center, right? I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and also, I see that, that you can do the same on Android, and I see Windows is bringing that in as well. I saw that actually in that update we we got last week. The the Windows Windows Insider. There's now a screen recording option in the snipping tool that's coming in. So, oh, right. There is an Xbox recorder option on there. I've been playing with that. I never that to work, though. Uh, it's a little bit... Yeah, okay, it's not great. So let's see what the snipping tool is. And uh, listen, don't worry about it at all. It, whatever you record, send it to us, and we'll 
yeah, we'll, we'll process it. it. We'll sort it out as much as we can. So yeah. fine. You know what? I'll, I'll say one thing. One one piece of advice is that try not to talk over your screen reader. That's the only thing I'll say because mm. it, it, it gets sometimes it gets really hard to hear what the screen reader is saying, and uh, then what you're saying as well, which we want to hear both. So and we don't want to ask you to re-record if we no, you know if you absolutely. if you've gone to the trouble to do it, we'd rather you didn't you know go have to go and do it again. And also maybe slow down your speech 50 55% speech rate <laughs> because you'll understand it at 85% but some people won't and and trust me it's the biggest complaint we get whenever yes, and I, we're I remember guilty, we did this at the beginning guilty of that ourselves we used to do it all the time and then people yeah, would say we forget. I can't understand this so you know yeah you, you got to got to think about that so there's some really good tips there for recording but yeah do send in your demos because I'd love to hear your take on this and you know talk about the applications and if it's maybe a computer program uh, then talk about it as well. Hey, you can come on the show and we'll talk about it. But I just think let's start a conversation. Let's start building a list of the good and the bad. And yes. you know, it'd be like good Santa. To, and also it'd be kind of good to have a good list. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not just about saying everything's terrible and let's get it fixed. That's important as well. But actually for those of us who want to be productive with our devices, you know, what are the best apps? You know, So for example, with the whole Twitter thing, when it was starting to implode, or at least it felt like it was imploding, I remember thinking to myself, one thing I'd love to get back into is RSS. Because, you know, the RSS feeds, I find, are really... That's what I use Twitter for. It's I use so it as old a, school. It is, but it, it, for me, it's such a, a great way of getting access to content. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for news stories and what is research, what's going on in the tech world every day. So it's a great way to bring it together. And I found this fantastic app called Vienna, which was funny when I was going to Vienna, I was talking about this app on the show. And the funny thing was, let me tell you this, right? So Mr. F and I had had the conversation about going to Vienna. It wasn't public at that point. We're just discussing it. Oh. And I was on the show talking about the app Vienna. And he calls me in a panic. And he's like, <laughs> I just heard you talk about Vienna. You, you can't mention that on the show. And I'm NBA. like, well, it's not that I'm talking about. You know, it's just I'm talking about this app called Vienna. God which, bless you, Mr. F. Yeah, which just conveniently is called that. But yeah, that's a great app. It's for the Mac. Uh, there are lots of options out there. And again, we can talk about that. You know, we can sort of build a conversation around, hey, what apps are you using for this? So I kind of we're kind of brainstorming this on air, but I think it's good for us to... I think just kind of build this list out. You know, we've, we've had lots of conversations about lots of themes over the past few months, but I think it's time to dig into some of the detail here on the show. So if you're up for it, Sean, I think we should, I know you're not back in your shed yet, so we can't do everything we want to do, but we'll- No, no, but I will be we'll doing do it just as a listener would be doing it. So I will be doing screen recordings and voice memos to- Well, me too. Demo the things. Well, that's um, what I'm going to do. Other I'm, than I'm, the I'm, stuff we do live, obviously. I, do you, I'll be honest. Sometimes what holds me off doing the demos is because we focus so much on making sure the audio is perfect. And I yeah, think, true. honestly, yeah. it's, it's holding me back from doing demos. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and it's like, do you yeah, know, absolutely. sod it. Let's just get the audio. Let's just do what everyone else is doing. Because, they, you know, people who are creating the stuff, and it was actually you guys that kind of inspired me to do it. Because I was listening to the stuff going, this sounds brilliant. Why am I not doing this? Yeah. So, no, yeah, absolutely. I think it's time to, to do that. And I, I've got to say, it is inspired as well, as you just said, by the listeners. Because mm. the feedback we get from this show in particular... It has blown me away. Yeah. Uh, oh, we yeah. always get such amazing feedback. I'm from everywhere around the world. It's fantastic. And uh, again, I just want to say thanks. It's amazing feedback. Thank you. It, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and I don't say this very often, but I, oh. I genuinely do. I echo everything Sean says. And I say, and, I, I, and I, the reason I mean that and more than anything else is because I realize how much choice there is out there. 
You could be listening to anything right now. I remember when I worked in radio, someone said to me years ago, you know, you're up against whoever's on air at the same time. You know, we're talking maybe 15, 20 years ago. Yes. You'd be up against, you know, what was on air at you at the same time. I used to remember we used to, I used to do a late night talk show in the UK and I was always concerned or thought about what was on at the same time because it was like four or five different radio talk shows on all at the same time from about 10 o'clock at night. And I remember thinking, God, you know, I have to make sure my topics are on point because, you know, otherwise we'll lose people to the other shows. Yeah. So you you do what you had to do. And what's changed in those 20 years is we've gone from what's on air at the same time on this channel versus what's on to, and someone put it brilliantly, they said, you're up against everything that was ever made or recorded. <laughs> it's true. Everything's on demand whenever you want it. You because can you listen. could be doing anything right now. You could be listening to Anything, any from, you know, a, a show that was on in the 1950s, you know, on radio, a classic radio drama, right up to the latest Netflix, whatever. You know, you could be watching or listening to that right now and you've chosen this. So it does, it means a lot that you, you take the time to tune into this. And, uh, and more than it, that, to actually yeah. email us or leave us well, a voicemail. Right. I mean, I that takes even more, you know, I, I can't remember last time I did that myself. So to, to interact is really special. I think part of it, if I'm honest, Sean, is because, you know, the listeners say to us, and I've had this said to me personally a couple of times, you know, it's like I'm, I'm part of a family. And it's funny you say it because I kind of feel the same way. You know, I really, you know, a lot of jobs you do in life and you kind of, you get up in the morning, you think, all oh, right, okay, what do I need to do today? And my favourite bit of the day is this. This is my favourite bit of the yeah, day. I agree. Just sitting what, down doing this. What do we always say when we finish it? You know what? I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Can we do it again? We always say, yeah. Well, sometimes we <laughs> yeah, have to, Sometimes but. we do, yeah. Yeah, that's another story. But um, Right, this is all getting too touchy for you. Ah, no, Come it's, on, it's, it's, let's move on. I feel like Oprah all of a sudden. We love um, you, is what we're saying. Thank you. Coming up later, we're going to talk about employment because uh, one of the conversations I had at the Zero Project Conference, and it's a topic that... If I'm honest, I did this interview and I kind of toyed with the idea of whether or not we, we should broadcast it or not. But the people I talked to, Jeanette Ooh. and Sue, well, Controversial. Only, well, no, only because it, it's not tech. It's nothing to do with technology. But I think oh, it's right. a very important topic, employment for disabled people. Okay. And I thought it'd be really interesting to bring in this conversation. I spoke to Jeanette and Sue. Jeanette is the CEO of Odin which is the, now let me get this right, because I, I had to remember this, the Ontario Disability Employment Network, ODEN, oh. O-D-E-N. And um, they do some fantastic work trying to get employers to really get in their heads that employing disabled people is a good idea. I mean, it is ridiculous in 2023. We even have to have this conversation. But we do. But we still live in a world where disabled people are considered less than. There's no way around it. We, we just are. We're seen as less than. And, you know, it's funny. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, every time I leave the house near enough to go somewhere to do something, usually at an event, it's not the event. I mean, like something like the, the Zero Project, there's lots of disabled people there. The word inspiration is used very sparingly because everyone knows how much everyone hates it. Yes. But it's the journey there and the journey back and everything in between there. That's what the problem is. Because what you find is... You know, I had people shouting in my face during the, the trip with people saying, can, can you hear me? Can, can you hear me? And I'm standing going, I can hear you fine. It's my eyes that don't work, not my ears. Now, I know that I say oh. that and lots of us who are blind go, oh, yeah, we've all faced that. But it just, you feel like at some point, I'm not saying that there should be some, it would be great if there would be some magic spell, but there's no magic spell to fix this. But at some point, could could 
you know, people who are rational thinkers, who think rationally most of the time, can they really not understand that disabled people have got at least the capability to think, to yeah. have a conversation? I mean, I had a conversation with someone recently who was disabled themselves, by the way. One of those people who didn't consider themselves disabled, let's put it that way. Oh, steady now. Okay, well, you know that where's way, this going? Well, do you know that way some people, they kind of live on the fringe. They feel they're on the fringe of disability. They're not really, they don't call themselves disabled. They might have a bit of bad eyes, as it used to be when I was growing up. People used to have, oh, he's got bad eyes. But that never really <laughs> reflected his disability. It was like, because disability was something else. It was like the upgrade or the downgrade, yes. depending on how you looked at it. It's almost um, like, I can't see when I don't have my glasses on either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, it's exactly the same. And that yeah. person said to me, wow, you don't sound blind. Mm. Ah. Um, oh, what okay. does that mean? <laughs> Am I, do I sound intelligent? Because that doesn't sound right to me. Um don't know. No, I sound intelligent. No, 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 no. Don't sound intelligent. That's the problem. I don't know. <laughs> it depends what you're saying at the time. I mean, you know, 50-50. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've had you don't look blind before. You know, uh, what, 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 what are you expecting? High vis, guide dog, sunglasses? I, I, I don't know. Egg all down my front? I mean, yeah, well, okay, that, that, that part's true. But yeah, it's, it's people's expectations and perceptions. It, it's something that... Yeah, I, I'll tell you why I think it, it, it should be better now in 2023. It's because you just disability is much more, much better represented now. Still not perfect, but much better represented. And that that idea of us hidden away and not people not knowing what disability is. Do you think so? I just think I it assume is? it to be a lot less. I would hope it was a lot less. But you're right. We still have those issues with people that, that will scream in your face or say you can't be blind because you you blinked. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just... Use a phone and you're instantly... Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I've heard so many stories over the years, and almost so many, including my own, that whenever you... When, it feels, I feel bad to say this, but sometimes you hear other people's stories and they expect you to react negatively and you just don't. Because yeah. you, you've kind of gone through it all yourself. And I, I've met a lot of people who've lost vision, usually vision in our case. And, you know, I'll meet people and they'll tell the story. And they'll tell you an example of, you know, wait, wait till you hear this. You know, this happened to me three weeks ago last Tuesday or whatever. And and they tell you and you, you go, yeah, that's going to happen a lot. And they go, well, that shouldn't happen. And they're <laughs> stunned by it. Shouldn't happen. And Yeah. But that and part of me feels. And, and I've really gone back and forward on this, you know, from a personal reaction point of view. Do I get bothered by it every single time or do I just learn to accept that this is the way the world is? And it's probably never going to change. Because it's it's not changed yet, you know, and we've had how many years of progress? I mean, we and don't get me wrong, we've had progress, and we have to, you know, it's like the interview I had with Shani Dandy, uh, who was on the show, Shani Dander, I should say, who was on the show recently. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Also at Zero Project, and she was incredible. And you know, we had this, we we did discuss this. There has been a lot of progress. Although the funny thing is, we started saying that, and then we pretty much went against that all for the next twenty minutes. She was but, so open and honest. Though. Yeah. I was quite surprised by that. Anyway, it was really well, true. Good. Two things can be true at the same time. I'm a yes. big believer in that. Yep, yep, and yep. Um, and I think that ultimately, you know, yes, there is progress, but it's not perfect. There's a long way to go. Um, I, I don't know if I agree with you about disability being better represented. I think maybe we are. Maybe inside our community we feel that way. I don't know if that's true in reality, and I think that's partly. I'm not. I don't want to blame media for this, but I think that 
ultimately media has an agenda, right? Media has an agenda. This is, and this is going to sound like an attack on the media that's not, I promise you. But it's just... Mainstream media? Oh, yeah, don't yeah, start no, no, that, right, please. That. I'm not into that. <laughs> but what I, what I do think is that, look, media has... I look, I work, I work in newsrooms. I know how they work. You have an agenda. You have a daily plan. You've got to stick to certain stories. You can't cover everything all the time. It's impossible. And, you know, you have to have a narrative in order for, you know, 24-hour news to work. And usually to get viewers, you need to keep a narrative going because essentially you're building tribes of people, you know, that will be, you know, and that's how we've ended up with the media we have. Yeah. And what happens is in there, we end up with a situation where certain narratives overtake others. And I think if I'm honest, disability just never really gets into that conversation. And it almost feels like because people are bombarded with so many different themes, and I'm not going to name them, but we all know what they are. There's the same themes that come out time after time after time on the news and the media constantly keeps going on at these themes, maybe because people watch it and that the, they consume it. Clearly they do. That's why they keep coming back up. That If you bring in disability to it, because I've, I've had this reaction sometimes where you bring in disability and people go, oh, yeah, come on, look, I've heard enough. And they just can't take it. The brains are like, I'm being bombarded constantly with messages saying, you must know this, you must know that, you must not be this, mm-hmm. you must not be that. And then suddenly you come along and say, I am disabled. They go, oh, right, come on, right, that's just too far. <laughs> and that is that is where I think we're at. I think that is where we're at at the moment. And I don't know how we get around that because... I love, well, I'm so, you're what talking you about the news cycle there, right, and news media. And what I'm talking about is representation as in uh, what's the most popular media out there or shows out there is... Soaps and things like that is you. You are you do now see more disabilities represented in yeah, but soaps. as disabled people, not as people. You see, this is the other thing, right? Well, it's, they, it's yeah, the, no, know, that's an argument to get to. We're talking yeah. about tokenism here, aren't we? I mean, is this the token disabled person, the token, the well, token I I, I, minority? No, I, or what? I, I wouldn't no. say that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go so far I think, as far as say. I think it's sometimes people, yes, but I think sometimes it's also. I think they're much better represented now. I've yeah, but seen represented as what? That's my thing. What yeah, are you well, represented as? Well, well there are, as characters on there. Uh, the point I'm making is, I think the disability represented. Or, or how people's disabilities are presented in those shows that I've watched is far more accurate than it used to be. Negative that, stereotypes, though. Well, well, we're we're not daredevil and and you know able to do everything, and also likewise we're not sat there in a chair you know weaving baskets. I, I, I think it's much more accurate than it used to be. I still think a soap opera like Coronation Street in the UK should have a blind serial killer. I thought, and I think the storyline should be It'll that the, one the, day. the serial killer shouldn't know they're a serial killer. They just accidentally bump into people and they end up dead. And that's <laughs> well, it. And I think that's, that's a way a, to represent. Is yes. a bro- because you know what? People would laugh and they'd say, fine, okay, whatever. Okay. We'll workshop that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> what a way to end this segment. There's a Netflix Beautiful. series. Someone at Netflix is going, that's not a bad idea. So write that down, will you? Uh, right, listen, stick around. We're going to be talking employment because look, this this is really where it goes. Ultimately, we're talking about employment. Uh, I, I had a chance to talk to Jeanette and Sue from uh, Odin, which is the Ontario Disability Employment Network, to really learn about their organisation, what they do, and how they're trying to encourage businesses to get more of us into employment. That's coming up next here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, 
back to the show. Yes, you're listening to Double Tap at the weekend. Sean and I are here today, and uh, we're talking about the subject of employment. Now, I got the chance while I was at the Zero Project Conference to have a conversation with Jeanette and Sue. Jeanette Campbell is the CEO of ODIN, the Ontario Disability Employment Network. It was a great opportunity to meet people. You know, the funny thing is, Sean, you travel the wrong way to get to the right people. How does that work? I, oh, I don't well understand done. that. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to have that printed on a T-shirt. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> That's the blind way. <laughs> I went the wrong way and I found the right people. That's yeah. so blind in a lot of ways. Uh, but I thought it'd be good, first off, to find out a bit more about Odin and the work they do. This is a little video they've got on their website, which I think summarises really well. Uh, the organisation Odin. People with disabilities represent over 1.8 billion people globally. When combined with friends and family, the disability market touches 53% of consumers and controls over 13 trillion US dollars in annual disposable income. The size and scope of this market is large and unrealized. People with disabilities have functional demands that dovetail nicely with the needs of aging baby boomers and represent a viable talent source as labor markets tighten. The disability market is tipping. Are you ready? The return on disability model highlights specific actions each business can take to maximize value by delighting their customers, attracting great talent, and leveraging innovation from people with disabilities to making existing assets more productive. Companies that enhance their customer experience by utilizing insights from the disability market outperform their peers in revenue growth. Public and private organizations that hire individuals with disabilities with motivated intent benefit from employees who generate lower costs and higher productivity, resulting in higher returns. Leveraging insights from disability drives productivity. Complex and costly processes become simplified and more efficient overall when designed by and for people with disabilities. Top organizations understand this model and use it to their advantage. Disney incorporates park design features for the disability market, enhancing customer experience for all. It continuously incorporates the disability experience into its on-screen characters, bonding with its customers, and making Disney a leader in value creation. Google's disability-driven innovation leads to product design it then applies to its core customers. From the beta stage, disability market needs are the inspiration for Google's many now mainstream innovations. Google Glass, Google Voice, and Google Car find their roots in disability and drive Google to the top ranking in ROD research. TD Bank is a leader in value creation due to the inclusion of people with disabilities in their talent pipeline, as well as how the company talks about the disability market as a driver of their business. TD sets an excellent example for brands wishing to communicate the connection of disability to business results. Attract the disability market and improve customer experience. Grow your top line, find the right talent, and increase shareholder value for investors. Do disability right to delight customers and shareholders. Connect with us to get started today. Now, I know that sounds a little bit corporate, and it does. Uh, it certainly feels that way to me, <laughs> some of the language in there. But, you know, what I love is the way they've kind of turned it round. So instead of saying, hey, you know what? You should employ disabled people because they're really great people. It's like, actually, look at it the other way. You're designing products 
for not just disabled people, but for everybody. And, you know, people who get older, people who can benefit from your products down the line. And, you know, employing people who can attribute and, and give the, 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 the right viewpoints, the opinions, the insights to be able to help you create those products. I think that's it's a really positive message. I really like that, actually. It's 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 different to almost everything else that I've heard in this sort of you know, sector or whatever you want to call it, because yeah. it's it's who this, who this is aimed at. I think, actually, that's perfectly toned. I thought it was good. Yeah, I really liked it. Well, I got the chance to talk to Jeanette Campbell and also to uh, Sue as well from the organisation to find out more. Uh, they introduced themselves. So let's hear that interview uh, right now here on Double Tap. Hi, my name is Jeanette Campbell, and I'm the CEO of the Ontario Disability Employment Network, located in Toronto, Canada, myself personally. My name is Sue Defoe. I am the Director of Business and Financial Services at the Ontario Disability Employment Network, and I also work on a project called Jobsability Canada. What's your feeling about being here at this event, this truly global conference, bringing people from all around the world together to talk about everything, but of course these common threads that exist for disabled people, challenges we face around, for example, employment. I, I'm actually quite overwhelmed by the number of people that are here. I think last night they said there was 10,000 uh, people online and there was 1,021 or 41 actual participants here. And so for us coming out of Canada, we have a few large conferences, but we don't ever, this is the first time that we're seeing something like this on a global scale. And uh, and it's incredible. It's incredible to, to, to be able to listen to what's happening around the world in all of these different countries that are represented. And it really gives us time to reflect on what we're doing really well in Canada. And it gives us a chance to say, there, somebody has raised the bar and we need to do more in other areas. So it's it's something that's confirming and it's something that is making us uh, push ourselves as well. So we'll talk about the good news in a moment. Okay. But let's talk about the challenges first, Sue. What are the challenges for disabled people in Canada specifically getting into employment? I think there's a lot of barriers and myths and misconceptions out there that I find we end up are trying to educate business and we educate our employment service providers or agencies to work with those businesses and how to be successful. So some of those barriers are just lack of education. And I think for me, that's key uh, in terms of what needs to be fixed, maybe not fixed, what needs to be um, increased in order to, once we remove those barriers, employment will will come. So is that where you're at in Canada, Jeanette? I mean, you are clearly finding solutions to some of these problems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's solutions. And that's, I I think that that's one of the things that I appreciate about uh, our organization, Odin, is we spend a lot of time with our team uh, creating resources to to tackle that challenge that Sue highlighted around education. So we call it disability awareness and confidence training. And we were actually really mindful in why we called it that, because we said without awareness, you can't have confidence. So there are, um, in I mean, the population in Canada that identifies as being a person who has a disability is at 22%, according to our last stats. Now, that number is from 2017. So if you want to talk about things we could do better, we could have more relevant recent data. Um, and I think, yeah, you chuckled, right? Everybody mm-hmm. needs more data. Uh, but at 22% of the population identifying as having a disability, we know there's around 800 
100,000 job seekers in Canada who identify as having a disability. You've got people with post-secondary education, multiple degrees and diplomas that have the same employment outcome opportunity as somebody who hasn't graduated high school. So it's highlighting from a standpoint is that people are very educated and aware and have incredible abilities that they want to use in the world work but there's a lack of awareness and confidence within the business sector and that's what we're trying really to tackle is to get people comfortable with looking at the abilities of somebody and so so we're trying to I think sometimes we talk about it as like it's not about nobody gets a job based on what you can't do so why, if you're a person who has a disability and you're going for a job, is there an expectation that all you're going to do is talk about what you can't do so that everybody focuses on an accommodation? It's it's really, it, I feel like things are backwards. So we spend a lot of time working with businesses, just educating them. And in Canada, one of the things that I think we do well is diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies in the private sector. So what we're trying now to do with businesses is get them to understand if you have a DEI strategy, but you don't have disability in that, you're missing the point. And you already have a strategy, so just start building out your recruitment um, goals and, and platforms for, for job seekers who have a disability. So that's focusing on the companies themselves, yeah. right? That's focusing on the businesses. And yeah. That's a hugely important part of this. But Sue, you talk about education. And I think that's an interesting theme because, of course, when it comes to disability, we all have very different needs. So someone who is in a wheelchair will have very different needs to someone who has a visual disability, for example. So how do you tie all that together? That must be a huge challenge. You know what? It's very simple. I think at Odin, we, we broke that down is ask the person. Mm. So for us, that's our number one. When we're here at the conference, when we're anywhere in our lives, we ask the person. Now, you say that so obviously. <laughs> but of course, as we know... That's not obvious, is it? No, it's not. Right, And we meet with companies, and that's part of the education, right? Don't go spending all this money when you probably aren't going to need it, right? You've got to ask the person. And when we talk about job seekers, right, um, we get into the things like Jobsability Canada and Jobsability um, about having a place for job seekers to go where they know the business that is that hire is the business that is hiring is intentional they're inclusive they want to hire people who have a disability they understand that everybody's needs are different so it becomes that and it also becomes you said it very very well when you said everybody needs something different and when we get to jobs ability canada it allows them to do that right you're on a portal it's not one fits all, right? You're in that job portal, you're identifying, you have your own needs, your own skills, your own ideas. And that's part of why we brought JobsAbility to Canada with John from our Ability USA to do that. Because there needs to be choice. There needs to be a place for a job seeker to know. Because some of the generic platforms, as Jeanette said, focus on what you don't have. JobsAbility Canada focuses on what you do have. And in Odin, we talk about abilities, not what are you missing. What emphasis do you place on the job seeker themselves? Because I think as a, as a blind guy, and I think about going into employment, I know my, from my own experience, for example, 2017, I lost vision, more vision. I was always visually impaired. But 
my story is that by losing more vision in 2017, I had to very quickly relearn how to do my job. Otherwise, I'd be out of a job. So there's a responsibility on us as well as disabled people, isn't there? I think what really we're talking about is there's a responsibility as you as an individual or you as an employee. So I need to retrain, I need to re-educate or learn something new continuously as well. Um, but I think that the, the, the idea is that if you are working in a company using Sue's term that is intentional in their inclusion, that you've got a company there who is going to support you in your personal growth. So when you talk about employment, it's a life cycle. There's the recruitment part and, and any job seeker needs to prepare. You need to be prepared for the recruitment strategies. You need to be ready to tell people who you are, what you can do. You need to know what you want to do. Um, you need to be able to say what you don't want to do. Um, and then you move in through that. You get onboarded. It's your responsibility as an employee and it's your employer's responsibility to make sure you have everything you need to learn your job. That's across the board. That's universal. And then once you're in the job, it's your responsibility to let people know what what you need so that you can bring your whole self to work. And in response, that company that has hired you needs to be able to put in place the things that allow you to bring your whole self to work. So you can be at work. You can do what you were hired to do. So I think it's a shared responsibility. And saying that, I think we do always need to acknowledge that there's Um, For lack of a better term, there's traumas. There's traumas out there. People have had really bad experiences. They've, uh, you know, in my background as a job developer and a job coach, I've, I've seen horrible situations happen for people where businesses or employers have done, done hiring for the wrong reasons and the job seeker has taken the job for the wrong reason. So some of what we're doing at Odin is we're, we're working now with families and schools. We're talking about employment uh, and starting that conversation very early and we're talking uh, with with parents who have children who have a disability to say start implementing the same responsibilities the same expectations on your child and on your school system so that kids are coming out of school with work experience just like children who would be on a non-disabled track Uh, they should be coming out with co-op experience they should be coming out with a diploma not a certificate of participation like so families need to be pushing that message and raising their expectations on both their child and the school system and then when that child starts to morph into an adult um then when they do sit down with somebody to say it's time for me to get a job it's not the first time they're having a conversation at the age of 20 or 21 about what do you want to do so there is responsibility it's the responsibility of the person it's the responsibility of the family it's the responsibility of the school it's the responsibility of the the community that you're living in that make sure that there's accessible transit that the buildings are accessible that the opportunities are there and it's the responsibility of the employers to make sure that they've got things in place to be an inclusive business there's often a challenge in the blind community we talk about this a lot around disclosure of disability does that come up a lot sue is that a subject that comes up it does come up and i think what 
we're doing is placing some training there, how to disclose, how to, what questions, you know, you ask when you're going to an employer and on the employer side, what questions you ask to those job seekers and to those employees and to be understanding, right? I mean, as we all, I'm not we all get a little bit older. I now have separate glasses when I'm on my computer and separate glasses when I'm driving. So I'm finding that, you know, even as we age, some of those things become apparent, right? You need to have some of those um, accommodations. And now we work from home. It's my own accommodation, um, technically, but even it is accommodation is a big piece, but people need to understand it's not overwhelming, Right break it down you know we're here in Austria and one of the things Jeanette and I were walking the sidewalks if you get too close to the street there's ripples in the sidewalk right you can automatically step on them and go whoa so it's things like that in communities to build that accessibility and and as you think about it you know you're visually impaired I don't know if you notice those on the walk from the hotel but even if you have a young child stay away from those so it yep. becomes right it, it and it helps universal everybody. Design it's, piece. Yeah, it's the universal yeah. design that helps everybody. And that's I, such an important point, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. And I was going to say, you know, jumping off of that, it's that idea around disclosure. Is the the more that we build um, our communities and our workspaces and our homes with universal design in mind, the less requirement there is around having to disclose because it's it becomes something you don't have to identify and then find a solution for if the solutions are already there. We've seen that at this conference. Um, Apple last night played a video called The Greatest and it was uh, such a a knowledge builder for me was just understanding that things that have been built um, with disability in mind have become mainstream expectations of everybody. I'm not an Apple. I'm not. I'm not a Mac. I'm a PC. But uh, but there's there's. It doesn't matter though, right? It doesn't matter no. at this point. Like these things are becoming universal. Um, so it, it lessens that requirement around disclosure. But when you talk about disclosure, I think. Um, well, it lessens the requirement, but it also makes it more, when you say it, there's less fear. There's Exactly. That's, what I was, that's where I was going to go, is that there's there's a more awareness. So we spend a lot of time working with businesses and service agencies as well, because some of the organizations that are in place to help a job seeker need to understand the rules and regulations around disclosure. I mean, there's, there's legal ramifications around it. Companies can absolutely do the wrong thing. Um, they're afraid of doing the wrong thing. So so sometimes that shuts down the conversation, period. Uh, so we do try to point them in the right direction for this is where you go to get legal advice in Canada. Um, we have the Accessible Canada Act in Ontario. We have the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. And through the AODA, there's a lot of requirements there around public space, around um, workspaces, uh, customer service, things like that. But it also points to the legislation around disclosure, what you can and can't do. We have business champions in our organization. One of them's a lawyer. So like on our website, there's a video 
that that's up where he talks about some of the legalities around disclosure, around hiring, around firing, things like that. These are conversations that need to happen. Um, but absolutely, we we try to attach businesses to the places that'll give them the right advice around how to ask about uh, disability and accommodations, and we work with agencies to get them to understand how to help the job seeker um, make their decisions around what they want to disclose, when they want to disclose, and how they want to disclose, and and what the purpose is of it. So other than asking Canada's government to rebuild all the sidewalks, what else are you taking back from Austria? Um, What I... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Um, what I am taking back is there, in, we were in a session yesterday, so um, some people in Kenya and Malaysia, they're all doing very similar things that we are doing in Canada in terms of jobs ability and job platforms. We know, it was really eye-opener that across the globe, everybody's struggling with the same thing. And so we've picked up cards, we started conversations saying we have this piece down pat and they have the other piece down pat to create what I think eventually will be mainstream platforms for employment that will all have the same accessibility and will all meet a higher standard. So for me here, it was a lot of collaboration and taking note of what they're doing in other organizations across the globe and taking that back to say we need to reach out and find out what they're doing and hopefully you build this community like we have at the Zero Project but we take that away and that community stays the other 11 months of the year where we start working together and we'll get places faster with that universal design and as everybody's collaborating. I think I need a little bit more time to sort of digest everything that we've that we've learned here um, but to Sue's point around this concept of global collaboration, I think one of the things that we'll take away from this is how do we how do we harness some of the best practices or promising practices that are happening around the world? We've noticed even just a difference in language, in terminology. So we want to go back and find out why why is it in North America we use the term mental health, but it seems like in Europe and Asia um, and on the African continent it's uh, psychosocial. So it's even tiny little things like that to say if we if we change words, what kind of community do we open ourselves up to? What else are we going to learn? Um, and one of the things Sue and I talked about this morning was the idea of how do we bring together a few of the people that we've met and introduce them to our network to just just to give them a platform to say this is what's happening on the other side of the world. Take a look see anything there that you're interested in you want to learn about it here's how you connect with them and and hopefully we can just get conversations going and keep connecting people and did you try the schnitzel we did we took Jeanette her first day we arrived prior to her and we did we found a little place downtown a little side door off an alley Mm -hmm. best schnitzel we've ever had yeah, better than my hotel one then. It would be much better than the hotel one. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Went, went in Vienna, eat schnitzel and drink coffee. I will say that the KFC was good. You didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well. Oh, yeah. Do you try uh, KFC in every country you go to? I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm a great believer there's a Kentucky in every country. There probably is. And there's a Kentucky in Austria, and they do fried chicken. And it was good. And it was good. Okay. Well, I'm, you know... Chacun sans goût, as we would say in French Canada, <laughs> to each his own. Jeanette Sue, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
I mean, I'm sort of lost for words here, Steve. Unbelievable. <laughs> you weren't sure about playing this in because, you know, the, the lack of tech aspect to it. But you got KFC in there. That's no problem. Of course you got KFC in there. Well done, you. We are Way not to sponsored represent. by KFC, I promise <laughs> we you. We should be. I know we should. <laughs> we really should be. Uh, if KFC ever want to sponsor this show, you know, speak to Mr. F. I'm sure that's something we should do. God bless uh, you, Mr. F. Yeah, we should definitely. Mr. KF. See, oh, oh, very can good. Work something in there. Let's something get back to that interview. I the essential ingredient in double tab. <laughs> I know we haven't got much time left, so I, I'm, I'm not going to comment too much on it, actually. But I just want to pick up on your com- comment on how we've got to take part in this as well. It mm. isn't all about the employers and business. It is about us as well. I've spent so many years, or I did spend so many years, led in bed thinking, oh, what's the point in getting up today? I've got nothing to do. And um, you know that, that sort of mindset that although I understand it because I've lived it also think you know it's down to us as well to take that first step so fantastic yeah no I agree I agree we've got to we've got to be responsible as well you know but I think that what Odin is doing is really positive really really positive work and I just I'm so glad we're able to bring that story out and I think it's just given a, a different perspective because I think in the UK especially we have such a different approach to this and it yeah. just feels much more about the individual, but it feels more about the long-term benefit, I think, which is brilliant. And, and I don't hear that be, be talked about very much at all. Yeah. Anyway, yes, we are out of time. Thank you for listening today. It's been really interesting. I hope you've enjoyed the conversations. Like I say, if you've got ideas for reviews that you would like to do here, uh, get in touch with us. If you want to even work with us on it, we'd love that as well. If you want to go off and record something, send in a demo of an app you love, maybe something you've been using recently, Maybe something you've just downloaded or tried. Let us know, and we'll put it into a big uh, text thing. document thing, <laughs> and we'll say, "Hey, we did it!" And then at the end of the year, we'll say, "Look what we did!" And then, or you did, take all and the credit, and take all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for today. Feedback at doubletaponair dot com one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is our number to leave a voicemail. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Bye bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.